Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, junior high, whatever time you are watching this. I hope you're having a great week and doing well. It was great seeing you, seeing a lot of you uh, last Wednesday night as we resumed small groups in person and also uh, had our virtual small groups uh, last Wednesday night. And we're continuing again uh, this Wednesday, uh, the 8th. Um, love to have you join us from 7 to 9 uh, here at the church. Uh, again, we'll be splitting, kind of having two separate events with uh, the guys over by Mount Minor and the girls uh, kind of closer to the youth building. Also, uh, this uh, Friday night, uh, we got something special for you rising freshmen. Uh, since you missed a bunch of your Friday night lives and um, since we can't do some of our normal uh, normal goodbyes and other things uh, we are doing just for you. So sorry, rising seventh graders and rising eighth graders. This Friday night, uh, we are going to give you one last Friday night live. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, outdoor fun night at the Smiths. If you've ever never been there before, they got a, a lake uh, where we do you can swim in. Uh, we'll be kind of out on some of their their kayaks. Um, and canoes and just having a great time there. Uh, we'll have dinner for you there too. Um, but if you're going to plan on coming, I do need your parents to please email me, Aaron Osborne at restinbible.org, so I know how to plan for food and uh, to let them know if there's any uh, adjustments we need to make uh, due to weather. So there's this one time um, when I was in sixth or seventh grade and my dad was doing something and I was just kind of like hovering over his shoulder uh, watching what he was doing. And I'm sure I was being pretty annoying uh, when he was he was doing this and he's trying to focus on what he's doing and I keep trying to say stuff and I'm just kind of pestering him in the background. And he, he turns and says to me, Aaron, your breath stinks go take a shower. I hope you guys are laughing right now about the irony of that statement. And I, now I have a lot of respect for my dad and I have some other much better stories about him that I'll share uh, in a minute. But my point is, at times we've probably all gotten some weird instructions from our parents or other authorities in our lives. I'm sure my kids can tell you plenty of dumb things that I've told them to do um, and things that you're like, that, that doesn't make any sense. And the reality is, for all of our lives, right, whether we have parents or teachers uh, and we're, we're children looking up to adults, um, but even as adults, we still have authorities in our lives. And sometimes those authorities are going to be giving us rules that we're like, that's just plain silly. I mean, you just look at what's going on in our world right now with, around COVID, right? There's so many restrictions out there that honestly, I get some of them, but there's a lot. I just, I don't get. I think they're, they're kind of silly. Some may, again, make perfect sense. Some you're just like, who came up uh, with this rule? And the point is, we all have people around us that are going to be making rules that, that impact us, that impact our relationship with them. Um, sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not. Well, how do we respond in some of those situations, well, even when we're dealing with maybe not the greatest uh, of authority figures? Well, we're continuing our study looking at the book of Ephesians today. And the passage we're in right now in Ephesians is all about relationships. We're at the end of five, the beginning of chapter six, and it's all about relationships. It starts off and talks about the relationship between a husband and a wife. Then it talks about the parent-child relationship. And then it talks about the slave-master or the, the boss-employee kind of relationship. 
Uh, we're going to talk about all of them today, but I'm really going to focus on the, the parent-child one because, honestly, I think that's, that one's one that applies the most to kind of where you are at today. Kind of the, the core key verse of this whole section on relationships, though, is Ephesians 5.21, which says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Really simple there. It just says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, breaking up, uh, breaking up down uh, that verse, first of all, it starts off with the word submit, right? And now, when we hear the word submit, I think what naturally comes to my mind a lot of times is kind of like this authoritarian slave master kind of barking out commands, and you will listen to what I say, kind of like a drill sergeant. You will listen, you will obey, you will respect my authority right now. Down and give me 20 push-ups. Go. Um, it's, it's the harsh coach, that kind of that, that mean anger, you will do what I say right now. But I would challenge us, when, when I think Paul is writing this word submit here, I think he wants us to think about it in a little different way. First thing I would, I would say when he says the word submit is really the concept of respect. And that means I want to listen to what you have to say. I'm not going to just kind of totally blow it off, roll my eyes out, and be like, oh, that's stupid. Um, even if I disagree with you, I want to listen to you. I think that's something big that's missing from our society today. If you, people are like, I, I, don't, I disagree with you and I'm not even going to listen to you. No, uh, this respect, this submit that he's talking about here is saying, even if I disagree, I want to listen to what you have to say. I think it also means that, that we value them, that we value their, their insight, that we value what they have to say. I care about uh, their position and, and I, have a, I have a respect, uh, an honor just for, for their position that God has placed them in. And also, I'd say when he's talking about submission here, is I think he wants us all to realize that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. We were all made by him. And, and we were talking about this in previous weeks, but because we're made by him, because we're made in his image and likeness, we all have this intrinsic value to the Lord. And I, and this, this submitting is, is part of that is, is this recognizing the value that other people have. Another kind of part of, of this, this submitting and the respecting is that I need to consider not just my own feelings, my own desires, my own wants, but, but it's this, I want to put your needs above my needs. So when he's saying submit to one another in reverence to Christ, I think he's, he's kind of saying, I want you to have this respect for one another. And I want you to think about their needs, their wants, their desires above your own selfishness. Um, the world doesn't revolve around me. So when he says submit, he's saying, hey, the world's not going to be just about you. And we're going to kind of, you're going to see that a lot as we look at these three different sets of relationships. Now, I, I know we've talked about this uh, a lot before, um, but remember, most of our tension and, and animosity and anger with other people comes when we're not getting our way. When we have our own selfish desires, I want to keep playing my video game and my mom has told me to, to unload the dishwasher and now I'm mad, right? It, honestly, it was just a three-minute task my mom asked me to do, but I'm just kind of, I have this thing that I want to do and I can't lay that aside. 
And by submitting here, again, he's saying, I want to respect that person. And I want to consider what their needs are, not just my own selfish needs. So first he says, we're to submit. And then he says, submit to one another. Um, and, and this phrase, that this submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, is going to guide all of the relationships. It's not just wives submit to your husbands, but it's also going to guide, and I think uh, the overwhelming principle when it's the way a husband treats his wife. There's a submission that's supposed to happen there. It's not only children to the parents, but also parents to the children. It's not only slaves to their masters, but also masters to their slaves. Um, and this is the, the this phrase here when he's saying submit to one another is why I'm really convinced that it's not just saying, hey, by submit, you know, you're a doormat and you're going to do everything I say and I'm the authority. No, I think there's way more to it than just, hey, I just blindly follow, uh, blindly follow an authoritarian person. The last part of that verse that I want you to notice, it says, out of reverence for Christ. Our motivation for why we think of each other highly, why we respect and listen to one another, is, is going back to the previous chapters uh, in Ephesians. See, we were dead in our sins and transgressions. All of us were dead. All of us were equally lost without God. But God, because he's rich in mercy, rich in his kindness towards us, made us alive with Christ. We're saved by grace through faith. I'm saved the exact same way you're saved. My children are saved the same way I'm saved. My parents are saved the same way I'm saved. My good boss or my bad boss, we're all, if we have a relationship with God, it's all happening the same way. And so when I consider their needs first, it's out of my respect, my reverence, my honor for Christ. Now, digging into the specifics of what he says, we're going to start with uh, the husband-wife uh, relationship. Verse 22 says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. Now, I know this verse sounds so much against the times, and it's like, oh, that's some ancient practice or something like that, and this is such, so terrible. But again, I'm, submit does not mean uh, just a, a blind uh, obedience to whatever the person is saying. Again, I think this goes a lot to respect, and we're going to get more into this in a minute. Um, but notice the, the example uh, for this relationship. The relationship between a, a wife and her husband um, is supposed to be how the church relates to Jesus, that Jesus is the head, okay? I um, mean, on the flip side, it says in verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Again, the, the example for how a husband is supposed to treat his, treat his wife um, goes back to what uh, the way that God has treated us, uh, Christ has treated us by dying for us, this sacrificial love for us, giving his own life for us. Now, kind of very practically speaking here, because I, I know there's, there's a lot of confusion in, in what I'm saying, what you might be thinking here is sounds way different than what you're hearing in the world. First thing I, I just want you to consider and, and understand is, regardless of what our society may say, there just are differences between guys and girls, okay? 
Um, I think our society wants to get rid of genders in some, in, in some ways. But there just are differences between us, right? Um, now, notice by differences, I'm not saying that one is more valuable than the other. We've already talked about this in previous weeks, that Jesus Christ died equally for us. In Galatians, it talks about how in Christ there's neither male nor female. So it's not that one is more valuable than the other, but they are different, and kind of using those different roles and the differences there, the, the, God, the way that God has set things up, um, is he said, hey, I've designed the guys to, to lead, not be a dictator and, and just say, you will do whatever I say, um, but to, to love their, their wives and love them in a sacrificial, uh, I'm going to give up my life for you sort of way. Um, and I'm going to, and think, if I'm, li- if I'm, going to love my wife in that sacrificial way, right? I am listening to the way they're feeling. I want to do what's best for them. This whole concept, again, we're submitting to one another. I'm considering your needs, your, what, what's best for you above myself. So when, when it's saying wives submit to your husbands, it's not saying wives submit to a, a brutal dictator who doesn't care anything about you. It's saying, hey, the, God, God has placed this person in your life, your husband in your life, to, to guide, to protect, to help you. And, and we're to respect that. In the same way, husbands, you're to love, cherish, and, and just, I'm willing to die for you. And, and I, I guess, I hope that kind of explains a little bit that I, I don't think he's just saying, hey, I guess I've seen a lot of people get off, off track and, and the world kind of criticizes God's word and say, see, it's, it's just talking about these ancient principles. It's male chauvinism. That's not what it's talking about at all. The second thing I would want you to really know is, as we're talking about the, the husband-wife relationship, I do think that God is getting to something much deeper here about the way that we are wired. See, you ask almost any guy whether they would, be, they would prefer to be loved or respected. And if, you, if they really thought about it, if the guy really kind of understood what I'm talking about, I, almost every guy would say, yeah, I'd rather be respected than loved. People thinking, hey, yeah, he's a, he is a, a strong person, a good person, a kind person, and um, valuable in whatever way, right? They want to be respected, And on the flip side, if you ask almost any girl, what would you rather be respected or loved? The girls would always say, I want to be loved. I want to be cherished. And see, this is something that God knows about the way men and women are wired. And I think this is why he's commanding commanding husbands. Your wives want to be loved. I am commanding you to sacrificially love them. Wives, your husbands want to be respected. I'm commanding you to respect them because that's, that's what they need. That's what develops a good marriage here. Um, there, well, there's way more I could talk about that, uh, that subject, but again, we're, um, I just kind of wanted to explain that a little bit. Now we're going to move on to the relationship between parents and children. Chapter 6, verse 1 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He starts off and makes it really, really clear. We're to obey. That's the right thing to do. Now, before you get into those questions like, well, what if my parents ask me to rob a bank, right? Or they ask me to do something sinful. Look, you guys know 99.99% of the time, right? 
your parents are not asking you to rob a bank or do something like that, right? They're, there's no question about whether or not their command is a good uh, or bad one. So please don't say, well, what about if my parents are asking me to do something wrong? Also, you'll notice here he says, we're to do it in the Lord. We're to obey our parents in the Lord. Or, or, or really, as you obey the Lord, you're to obey your parents. And he's saying that's the right thing to do. It's the way we should live, and that's what, the way we know we should live. In verse 2, he, he continues and he says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. If you go back to the Ten Commandments from Exodus 20, there is only one command uh, of all of those Ten Commands that comes with a promise. And that is this one right here. Okay? It, you know, it doesn't say, you know, don't commit murder or this, or God, and God will bless you in this way. But he says, when you honor our parents he, and, and you obey your parents, there is a promise that comes with it. Um, and they're promised in Exodus 20 that, hey, you'll live a long time in the land. God will bless you. God will establish you um, if you will follow him. And it's, it's so interesting. Follow your parents. It's so interesting that of all the commands, the only one with a promise is this uh, of obeying your parents. And that should show you how important it is. Next thing I want you to notice about that is we're not just commanded to obey them. We're commanded to honor them. Okay? See, you can obey and you can still kind of roll your eyes and be like, ugh, ugh, fine, I'll do it. Or we can obey and kind of kind of the begrudging or I'll do it in like 10 minutes and get around to it or give a, give a kind of a half-baked job. But I think honor takes it to a whole nother level. Honor, I think to honor would be I'm doing it immediately, um, but it also goes into the area of respect and listening. I'm not just going to blow off their advice. I want to I honor them by listening to their wisdom. And, and I hope you know that God's command to you isn't that you just be kind of a, a you just do whatever your parents say and don't even think or anything like that. Um, but you learn to hear from your parents. You learn their wisdom. I think that's what he wants for us in honoring them, that we really uh, develop this deep relationship uh, with them. And I'll say to really honor, it's going to require some initiation on your part to figure out what they like to do and hang out with them and just be with them. That's where you're going to really hear their stories and hear about their life. As he continues on, on the flip side, he says to parents uh, in verse 4, he says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And he says, parents, you're not supposed to exasperate or, or kind of wear out or kind of change the rules all the time on your kids. Um, but instead, you're supposed to think of what's best for them. Uh, and again, it's in this concept, uh, in the construct of respecting them and submit, even submitting to them. And again, we're, we're talking about parents submitting to their kids. It's, I'm thinking of what's best for them. Now, students, I know this isn't the most popular thing, but we all know what's best for us is at times to be disciplined. We may not want to admit that, but we know that it's true. You've been around kids that have never been disciplined by their parents. They're kind of spoiled brats. And you know how bratty and obnoxious they are. 
And if we really, we know that if we really want to get anywhere in life, we need someone to discipline us. We need our coaches to make us run those drills hundreds of times and, and practice harder, right? Or we're never going to be able to reach peak performance. And, and I think this, that's part of parents respecting or, or thinking of what's best for their kids is they're going to discipline them. And that's what he, their parents are commanded to do in verse 4. Um, bring them up in the training, instruction, or discipline uh, of the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, as a parent, it would actually be easier for me not to discipline my kids at times. It takes effort to discipline them. But I do it because I know it's what's best for them. And I would encourage you students, when your parents are kind of making rules or enforcing things and disciplining things, and you're like, this is stupid and whatever, to say, God, this may not make any sense to me, but I know you're teaching me. I know you're using them in my life. I know you have a purpose behind this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to willingly go with it. I'll respect my parents. I'll, I'll be under the discipline. I'll endure the discipline because I know uh, what's best. it's what's best for me. Kind of the, the last set of relationship is, is the slave-master one. And again, this may sound weird, but I think for us in our context, it's more of kind of the boss and employee. I think their ver, ver, form of slavery is a little different than what we might traditionally think of. Um, but you see in verse 5, he says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters uh, with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Again, you're going to see the same motivation here that... Uh, that we've seen before, all of that motivation is for why they're supposed to submit is coming back to Christ and what Jesus has done uh, for us. You also note from this verse, he calls them their earthly masters because he knows all of us have the same one true master and that is Jesus Christ. Again, you see the same reason for why we do it. It's because Christ did this for me. Um, and and this is what you see kind of throughout this section. He's going to go on and say, hey, you're supposed to work hard even when your slaves or even when your masters aren't working out of obedience to Christ. Everything we do is in service to the Lord. On the flip side, he says this in verse 9, in masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. He gives the masters the command, hey, don't mistreat your slaves, don't threaten them, because you know both of you, both the slave and the master, have one true master, and that is God who's in heaven. I'm going back to what we were talking about before, uh, previous weeks about unity. God is like, hey, we're all one in Christ. Masters, you're not any better uh, than those people working for you. Well, I want to wrap things up today uh, just by telling a story from my own life. And I'm sure part of, some of you have heard parts of this story before. Um, but it's just so applicable to what we're talking about today, and I hope it gives you uh, an understanding of why I'm so passionate uh, about this topic in particular. So as I was finishing up my senior year of college at Virginia Tech, um, I was starting to get kind of the sense that I was like, hey God, I think you might want me to do something in ministry uh, once, I, once I graduate. But I was only, you know, a couple months away from my engineering degree, and so I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish that. But I was trying to think through, hey, what do I do after I graduate? I was talking to some of my uh, friends at Virginia Tech, and there was this ministry opportunity um, that several of them were like, hey, we're considering doing this. Maybe you should do this too. We could do it together. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying 
a lot of the elements of, of ministry at Virginia Tech, and maybe I should do that instead of uh, getting a job as a chemical engineer. Well, I kind of look down this track a little bit and get some more information about it. I'm like, hey, that sounds really cool. I mean, it's, and it's in ministry. Of course, God would want me to do it because it's telling people about him. Why wouldn't God want me to do uh, this job? Clearly, this is God's will and plan for my life, right? Well, I've kind of made this plan, kind of, you know, talked with a bunch of people about it and planning on doing this. And I finally tell my parents, hey, mom and dad, I don't want to get an engineering job when I graduate. I want to do this ministry thing. And let's just, yeah, to put it bluntly, my parents were not excited at all about that idea. Um, in fact, it resulted in a couple really heated conversations between me uh, and, and my dad, especially. And, you know, and, and from my perspective, I was like, look, this is to do a job in ministry. Of course, it's the right thing to do. But my dad had some, I, now looking back, had some really legitimate concerns about it. And he's like, Aaron, you know, I'm, it's not that I'm against Jesus or anything like that, but I don't think you should do it. And he listed out uh, several reasons why I don't think you should do it. And I'm, I'm kind of frustrated and annoyed. I'm like, of course, my parents are wrong. Maybe they're just not spiritual enough. And I'm thinking in my pride, in my arrogance, about all the reasons why I'm right and they're wrong. And I think for a lot, of, a lot of students in particular, when you're thinking about your relationship with your parents, right, it's so easy. I know it's easy to be like, look, they don't understand my generation, right? They don't understand the times today. Shoot, they don't even know how to use a phone, you know? Um, they don't know how to do any of this stuff. They don't know how to use a computer. Right? You know, we can look at them and we can be like, they don't get it, right? They're so old-fashioned. They're so, old, you know, they're backwards in the way they think. They don't get anything, right? And those are all the thoughts that are coming in my mind. And I'm like, man, they're not spiritual. I've got all this kind of arrogance kind of welling up within me thinking I'm right and my parents are wrong. And I was like, okay, Lord, but that's what, you know, that's what she, my parents are saying. And I need to think about it. And I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And this verse here, and the other verses in Scripture that are similar in Colossians and in Exodus and Deuteronomy always kept coming to my mind. I was like, Lord, don't you want me to go go tell people about Jesus? And God said, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise. And I was like, but, 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 and every time I was trying to think through, God, what do you want me to do? I could not escape these verses about honoring your, honoring your father and mother, obeying your parents. And finally, after kind of a month of just kind of trying to think through, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? finally said, okay, Lord, I'm going to listen to my parents. I'm going to do what they told me to do. Now, listening to them was not easy. It meant, honestly, because I hadn't really been looking for a job. I graduated from college and didn't have a job. It took me several months of not having a job. And in those three months of not having a job, man, I felt terrible. It was hard. I was like, God, why am I, why am I doing this? I could have been doing something for your kingdom instead of sitting around without a job. I was just frustrated and annoyed, and I just, but I still couldn't escape these verses that said, children, obey your parents and the Lord. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. My friends, my Christian friends were all like, Aaron, why aren't you doing this Christian thing? This is the ministry thing you should be doing. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know, I'm just doing what I think God wanted to do. And they all, 
my, I had multiple friends who just thought that I had just abandoned the faith. I was no longer a Christian. I mean, they, I, I got reamed, reamed for my decision, right? I was like, Lord, I'm doing what you want. Man, this is hard. Fast forward uh, a year and a half, two years uh, later, um, and I'm married. Abby and I are married now, and I'm working for an engineering firm like my, my dad encouraged me to do. Um, God finally provided a job in that, and I'm you know, kind of going along in that. And in this time, um, I start uh, having breakfast uh, once a week uh, with, a, with a guy I knew who was doing exactly what my dad told me not to do. I mean, it's just identical situation to what my dad said, don't do. And we're having, we have breakfast together once a week, and we talk about God's Word together and pray together. It's a great time. Um, and one week, we're talking, and he's talking about some of the challenges he has in his life. And he's talking, hey, you know, this part of my life is really hard right now. And I'm like, you know what? That's the first thing my dad said, don't, don't do this ministry thing. Because if you do, that's a problem that's going to happen. And he's talking some more. And he's like, this is the other problem I have in my life. And I'm like, that, that's word for word what my dad said would happen. He's talking a little more. And he's like, about some other problems that were going on in his life. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, it was like I was hearing my dad's voice uh, coming, through, through, coming through my friend. Um, Everything, I mean, word for word, everything my dad said, don't do this for these reasons, was coming out of my friend's mouth. And I, I mean, my jaw was just like dropping. Like, and I remember finishing breakfast with him and praying with him and just getting on the phone, getting in my car, calling my dad and saying, Dad, you know what? I was a jerk. Just thank you. you. You told me the hard things when I didn't want to hear them but you did it for a reason. And you, and, it, and I'll be honest with you, if I hadn't listened to my dad then, I highly, highly doubt that I'd be a youth pastor at RBC today. My, my, both my parents are 100% behind what I do now here. And they, my dad told me when I was considering taking the job at RBC 12 years ago, he's like, Aaron, you'd be a fool not to take that position. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. I have seen so clearly the power of this verse here in my life. And I would just, I can't just more highly commend to you, even when you don't get it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. So much of my life would not be true today if I didn't obey this verse. I don't think my I don't think I'd be here in this job. I think I would have a lot more problems in my marriage and in so many other areas if I didn't say, okay, God, I'm going to listen, listen to you. I hope you know, I, I totally understand that it is hard at times to listen to your parents. I mean, especially real practical with what we have going on right now in our world regarding COVID. There are a lot of rules out there and things that you might not be able to go to. That you might be like, that's silly. That doesn't make any sense. Why are things being taken away from me? Why are these, these things I was looking forward to, I can't go and do anymore. This doesn't make any sense to me. Why are my parents putting these restrictions on it? And you know what? I agree. Some, I, there's some of the rules that are out there. I don't understand. I don't know why people are following them, but those are the rules right now. And 
And I'll just encourage you in the middle of that to say, okay, God, I don't get it, but I trust you put these authorities in my life. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to submit to them. I'm going to respect their authority even when I don't get it. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to pursue a relationship with them. I can't go out and do the things that I might want to do, but I'll pursue a relationship with them. I want to learn from them. I want to glean their wisdom. I want to do it because that's what you did for me. You loved me enough that you were willing to die for me. And out of reverence to Christ, out of reverence to what you did for me, I want to listen to, I want to obey, I want to honor, I want to respect, I want to pursue my relationships with my parents. I want to do what they asked me to do the first time. I want to listen and not just be like, oh, I'm getting a lecture, I don't want to pay attention. I want to honor them because that's what God would have me to do. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. It's the first command with a promise. Let me pray for us. God in heaven, I uh, just thank you for your faithfulness towards us, Lord. Even in a crazy world, you are a faithful God. And God, I know, I fully affirm, man, it is hard at times to respect the authorities you've placed in our lives. But God, may we do that out of reverence for you. God, may um, we may never know why you ask us to submit. We may never know how things are all going to turn out. But God, may we do that in a joyful way, knowing that you're working, knowing that you're God, and knowing that you have a plan. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see uh, all of you on Wednesday night.